Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. And I'm Dave Cohen. This is episode 188. Mm-hmm. And you might have been hoping to hear more from Danny Peake, our guest on the last episode. He will be along uh, in episode 189. Uh, so hold on for that. But we have we, we have basically breaking news, as it were, which is mm-hmm. our script competition um, has finally uh, spat out the results. <laughs> And um, the, the, there's a there's a list of um, uh, ten which were sort of shortlisted, and then there was a winner. Do you want to say a bit about uh, the winner, Dave? The uh, the script that won is called Unsustainable, and it was by Lloyd Glanville. Mm. And uh, this was uh, I say we 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 looked in quite a lot of detail at the last ten scripts and um, had a lot of debate with the hat trick team, um, but this script came through. Uh, it, it's um, it's a script. It's about um, it's it's set in the kind of Welsh government. It's about a bunch of uh, civil servants in the uh, Welsh government that they they have been tasked with uh, bringing down yeah. the entire Welsh uh, carbon mm. production to zero, um, yeah. and they are a bit hopeless and incompetent. Basically, that's kind of sums it up would you say there i think so and there may be people already going well that doesn't sound like a multi-generational show (laughs) and people are already uh, cross totally fair enough i would say uh, the observation was made that it's probably more parks and rec uh, than the thick of it so but anyway it just what it had was it had a proper beginning and a middle and an end it had a story of the week it didn't have somebody on their first day at work uh, which is not necessarily um, makes a script ineligible, but just makes it really hard for the story to get going and for the protagonist in particular, the main lead character, to kind of hit the ground running. So, um, so yeah, just all round, I think it ticked the most boxes. And there were, there were yeah. other scripts that were, were, that were quite strong too, but they just didn't quite have... Uh, enough and but it was pretty close wasn't it Dave yeah actually I, I think and I, I might take issue a little bit with you here because it, oh, it actually featured um, two of the things that we talk about and say don't put this in your sitcom but it was the way that they were featured I thought was very very clever um, mm. which was um, that it, it did actually begin with not the inspector coming but certainly a person coming to to check yeah. on them um, and then there was a twist, so that about halfway mm. through the script, um, it started to be somebody's first day at work, which I'm not really giving away a lot by mm. saying that. But but it, it did take those two things and actually mm. use them in a in a way in both ways. Uh, I was as I was reading the whole script, I went, oh my, I wasn't expecting that mm. at all. That really was, yeah. you know, that really took me by surprise. And that's yeah. one of the things I, I want to talk about a bit, bit in more detail as we go along. But it had, it had a story, and the story mm. had twists, and it mm. had more twists all the way, all the way to the end. Um, yeah, it kept you I, guessing. And they weren't, and they weren't just twists because I think sometimes we keep reading a lot of scripts as well. And when we do storylining with people, there's an awful lot of and then and then, and the twist is basically an event that comes in from the outside. But actually the protagonist's life was made harder and harder and they really backed themselves into a corner. Um, and that's really, and that, that was actually out of the 887 scripts. That was quite rare, actually. Yeah. Um, there, there was, there were quite a few scripts that were, and then, and then uh, the character did this and then this happened to them and then this happened to them and they reacted in the following ways. Um, but there weren't that many where the story really built and escalated in a way that we were uh, looking for. So, 
so yeah, I think that that was probably the best complete package. Yeah, they owned the the character owned the the story. It was their, mm. the the main character's big mistake, and everything that that happened as 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 a yeah. was as a consequence of that. I think I just want to say there were. Um, all this, I mean, there, there were, you know, we, we, we did read a lot of scripts, a lot of 10 pages, and a lot of scripts that we read had a number of things that we were looking for. Um, mm. Funny jokes, a lot of them had funny jokes, some very original ideas, um, some not so original ideas, but this is an unoriginal idea, but with this original take. Um, mm. Unusual voices and distinctive voices um and and so that was you know but but i think we were we were talking just before the start about how uh you know they're the, the actually the last time we did a a, a competition the, the quality has really kind of uh, uh increased hasn't it wouldn't you say James? Yeah. yeah i would say the 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 baseline script quality is definitely uh pretty good by which I mean there are still often pretty major problems with that and we'll get onto that in a minute and I've produced a thing that might be of interest. But in general, most scripts are very readable, actually. Uh, it's, it's, often not a, it's often not hard to get to page 10. It's just, well, by the time you get to the page 10, the most common problem was that nothing's happened. Um, you've got some characters being quite funny or a situation is introduced um, or a premise is being slowly established but we don't actually have uh, a story of the week. It gives a sense of what the sitcom's going to be like every week. So that was, and, and that, uh, don't get me wrong, I know how hard that is to do. It is a really hard thing to do. Uh, but, you know, but I'm just sort of saying that lots of really good dialogue. Uh, I read lots of very smart lines and original things and some good characters too. But overall, a, a, an original situation and some good dialogue just isn't enough. Uh, to, to get you even really through to the next uh, round. You do need to have a little extra something. It needs, it, needs, it needs to be a really good idea of the moment as well. It needs to have a little bit more structure or plot. It needs to get on with it. Uh, but yeah, so in a way, it is getting more competitive because the overall quality is improving. But to get into that you know, top 10, uh, there is an awful lot to get right. Uh, so I think one big lesson here is that uh, we can all be a bit encouraged that we're all getting a bit better at writing sitcom scripts. But that just means that we've all got to raise our game, including Dave and me, um, if we want to stand out. Uh, because an awful lot of um, scripts that read well come in, um, but they, they really do need to have that craft and that overall shape and story, uh, which is the stuff that we talk about a lot. Uh, and have done in the last 187 episodes of this podcast. Yeah, and actually, uh, quite quite a few times I was reading scripts and thinking, "Hmm, this is uh, this is not quite right." And I'm um, thinking, "Ah," and actually, I've just made exactly that mistake in something that I'm writing at the moment. So, um, mm. so you know, the, the, it's it's it, it it's not it's not all just sort of basic stuff yeah. it is and and yeah. i mean one of the things for instance i think that, that that did for quite a few um of the scripts that i read there were uh too many characters in the first mm. 10 pages and yeah. and i realized and i'd look back on two or three of my more recent sitcom scripts that i've written and you know i've done that myself and it's a it's it's a kind of um 
and and this is that this is the the tricky thing and why we're always saying that's the stories we're not getting we're not getting strong enough stories is we sort of think we've got 30 minutes to tell a story god we've got to get you've got to get to know all the people really quickly and it's almost like we're we're kind of we're rushing too fast to to get all these people out there so uh, once we've got them out there we can start, start the story but actually there are two the, the two or three main people are the story you know their char- yeah. their characters are the story and uh, actually i've just been uh, i was reading um, uh, I, i'm i'm look, looking at story a lot at the moment because I, I i understand it's an area that with myself i need to get better at and i'm just reading a book at the moment called the science of storytelling uh, by will store um and it's um th- there's some great stuff in there because kind of realization as i was reading it that actually um we we get that the, the problem is because characters don't change it's kind of hard you you kind of think there isn't there isn't a story to my character. They're not going to be different in a way that a, a movie character is different at the end of a movie or, a, or a, in a big drama series. And, and so we get confused with the idea that there's no movement of character, therefore there is no story. Um, but actually, comedy is the, it's the same as drama and it's the same as tragedy, right up to the point where the big thing happens, the big terrible thing at the end, and they've got to solve it to get through it. And the only difference between comedy and drama is that on the way to solving it, the, the, the comedy character doesn't learn anything. They're back to mm. where they were at the beginning. And But you still have the story. You've still got a character going on a journey. And, um, you know, things things happen to them, and they, they cause these things to happen. Uh, and there's a, just, I just want to take a little quote from this book, which I, I, I really liked. I think this is really something we should all think about. Um, and it's, he's sort of talking generally about our minds and how we kind of are when we're, when we're watching stories being told. And it says, uh, our errors about what others are thinking are a major cause of human drama. Comedy is often built on such mistakes. So it's what, you know, think... Characters are doing things, and we, the audience, are watching, thinking, oh, that's going to go that way. But actually, no, they're going to go that way. They're going to do something completely different to what we weren't expecting. And I think, you know, we have to be, we have to pay more attention. We have to work harder at our stories. Yeah, definitely. And that that came out in the conversation with uh, Danny Peake as well, uh, last time and next time. Uh, so so do listen out for that and it's just the amount of time it takes to get that story right and you do always get the sense that people have started writing the script sooner uh, because they've sort of maybe run out of time and they've got to get something down and then figure out maybe decide well it'll be easier to fiddle with the script because there is also that kind of terror that I won't be able to fill 30 pages and um, it feels like I need to get on with this but actually if, if you don't have an ending, you don't have a beginning. So uh, you, you really are painting yourself into a corner. Uh, so, so that's why I think uh, doing that. So, so on, but, but if that's you, if that on that, um, I've, I've got a very short uh, video course called uh, supercharged sitcom. And uh, that sort of talks a bit about the planning of it and how to get the script actually written and how long to spend on each stage and that kind of thing. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but if you, Follow me on Twitter 
um, at Sitcom Geeks or go to my blog, sitcomgeek.blogspot.com, you can get hold of that. Yeah, I think it's possibly worth talking a little bit about that at this point because Mm. um, I've been thinking a similar thing about in terms of um, the stages um, what what is each stage um, of, mm. of writing a sitcom and how much time should you give to it and that basically mm. there are not that many stages but they, they do require a lot of thought and the first stage I mean very very roughly I would say the first stage is you're coming up with the idea and you're coming up with the premise and you know you're that that's you're coming up with 25 words to kind of describe mm. your story that's going to take you a long time you know you're going to have to think a lot about what it is yeah. and why it's why it's different from what's around at the moment what makes it special what makes it unique to you why you're the right person to do it etc we've, we've talked about that a lot and then then you really start to develop the characters and the stories i i think you and i have a very slightly different take on this i mean for me it's mm. you're kind of creating the characters and the stories pretty much together really um, but you're, you're doing a little bit of character thought before that um, but then you start to write down ideas for stories and then so the next part of the process is going from having lots and lots of ideas for stories to focusing in on the one that you want to write mm. and then that's now that's the next part which is a kind of part that I haven't paid as much attention to as I think I should have but in in teaching and things but that's the going from having lots and lots of ideas to writing up an outline for your script and um, I mean I think I'd be interested we did an episode on this a few a few months ago but we we've not we've not talked a huge amount about um, the main outline but that's that's quite important isn't it yeah it really is because uh it's just so hard to just pull i mean you're building a building and you do need blueprints to build a building and i'm sure buildings have been built um without blueprints before and some of them have probably been fine and i learned uh, not that long ago that um there was a french architect uh who essentially designed washington dc uh pierre charles l'enfant i think his name was and one of the reasons that he got fired is that when it came to the Capitol building, he refused to, ro- to to basically draw out his plan and said he didn't need to because it was all in his head. And they said, yeah, that's that's not really going to work for us. Uh, so uh, eventually, uh, I mean, he sort of fulfilled quite a lot of stereotypes about Frenchmen, unfortunately, in the process. Uh, but um, eventually, and they had a competition for it, funnily enough, and some Scottish guy living in the West British West Indies um, won. Uh, and they built it according to his uh, thing. So th- that was kind of an interesting thing. But to hold it all in your head or even to have it roughly sketched out is 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 treacherous just because you're going to really invest in 20 pages and then realise your last 10 don't work or realise that you don't have 10, that you've, you've you know, the storm has blown itself out or... Um, and it, it sounds very uh, unexciting... And actually, interestingly, I read an article in Wired magazine about the creation and writing of Turning Red, which is Pixar's latest movie uh, set in Toronto in 2002. Of course it is. And um, in a Chinese, uh, Chinese Canadian family. And the writer of the thing said that they didn't really want to get bogged down. And so they wanted to do it all as quickly as possible. And I thought, I don't think that's necessarily a virtue. 
And I think the reason that Toy Story and Toy Story 2 and The Incredibles um, and Monsters, Inc. will be will really stand the test of time in, in probably 100 years is that they've clearly been absolutely storylines within an inch of their lives. And they're perfect, especially Toy Story 2 is the perfect movie. I always I always say this. Um, so I think there's this sense in which there's a romance to writing, which means that it's sort of spoiling it to cheat by writing an outline. But it, it really isn't. It's so hard and to do it without it. You're making it even harder for yourself. You know, you're learning to drive in boxing gloves. I really wouldn't do that if I were you. It's a great story. If you said, yeah, do you know what? Pass my driving test in boxing gloves. Great story. How many people would be able to pass their driving test in boxing gloves? I would say not many. It's an odd skill. It's not something that, that you see taught very often. But you're kind of trying to get, you know, in your head, or John Sullivan knew in his head that um, Del Boy falling through the bar was going to be funny. Okay. So he's, he's got to express that in yeah. before he writes a script he's got to say and 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 it's it's the equivalent of you know you're saying uh you say to a friend it's like oh god i'm I, I, there's nothing that i want to watch at the moment Get, recommend something to me and they'll say oh god you must watch this new show it's really funny it's about this bloke and the woman and they're sharing a flat but they're and they and it's on the 24th floor and you know and you you're you're, you're getting all this kind of stuff that's mm. sort of going Hmm. And uh, oh, you know, and there's this that scene is so funny, and Del Boy standing there, and then the bar opens, and he falls through, and you go, oh god, you know. But you go, oh god, you know, because mm. you you've seen it twenty five times, and it's no mm. longer funny to you. But actually, I watched that scene again quite recently, and it's it's beautifully set up. It's uh, Del Boy mm. and Trigger are, are in a bar trying to pick up women, and Del Boy is you know schooling mm. trigger you've got to act cool you've got to be like this mm. da, da, da. and he said a couple of women over the other side catch his eye and he's going oh yeah and they'll probably giving mm. it the old charm and mm. stuff and then sort of leaning back and then falling over and it's just you know it's set up beautifully but you can imagine reading having to you you would have to write that down in that way so del boy goes into a bar uh, with mm. trigger and mm. uh, they're there to pick up women and he sees this woman blah 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 and that's it, it, it's it, you look at you read it and you go oh god what's that mean but you it's as we said on that that uh, podcast we did about outlines it's it's the opposite of what you want to do in the script which is show don't tell it's tell don't show but it's, yeah. it's you're telling yourself how this is going to be funny, and then you you trust yourself as a writer to to show it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, annoyingly, I bet you it might turn out that that falling through the bar was just an afterthought. <laughs> yes, because 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 the, the episode doesn't turn on that joke. But no. Uh, but in general, if you want to give yourself the best chance of sort of in in a way, it's like it's like learning dance moves so that you're freed up to then to then improvise. So you, you've, you, you know where every scene is going. And once you know that, you're freed up to basically have the characters talk and riff. And eventually you might stumble across something that's, that's a wonderful thing that, that you just probably wouldn't have got to if you hadn't had a plan for it. So, um, so I think that stage is really important. There's a bit about that in my sitcom Supercharged course. In fact, I've got a whole template of go through these steps in this order um, obviously there are other ways of doing it, but I'm just saying, if you don't have a system, then then try mine. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Hmm. I've got some, I'm currently running a series as well, which might be helpful. We um, we should have mentioned earlier, actually, but there are, there are three uh, sitcom 
competitions coming up actually at the moment. There's uh, uh, BCG Pro are running the spring sitcom selection. Uh, you'll find that on the comedy.co.uk page. Um, there's also a, a thing called Shortcom, which has been around for a while, which doesn't mean short sitcom, but it's called Shortcom. Uh, they still want a full length script. And that's around uh, till June, I think. But um, and then there's the uh, BAFTA Rowcliffe comedy mm. competition, which is every two years. Uh, that opens in the middle of April, and they're looking for scripts through through the summer, really. Think through to mm. the end of July, roughly. So there's a lot of you know there's a lot of good competitions coming up that are really worth you know thinking about entering and i'm doing this uh, thing script tips if you've just um want to um uh, contact me on the funny up zero two at gmail.com um i'll send you a whole sort of fortnight of the uh of just just basic things mm. to help you but i'm going to quote one one more quote off the back of what you were just saying there james from mm. uh the, the story science of storytelling um it says every scene is a compelling story and, and a cause that triggers a childlike curiosity about its effects. So mm. that's what you have to do. Every scene, and this was, I think, something that we, we saw quite a lot of. There would be scenes, funny scenes, jokes, characters saying funny things, but there was not a compelling story in every scene. And mm. you do have to, you do have to put in the reader's mind when they're reading this script, ah something's happened there mm. that's that's going to have a consequence and mm. just going back to what you were just saying earlier the and then and then and then it's mm. in the, the way to not have that and then and then is um is the and then thing that happens is caused by a character mm. and rather than thinking oh that's the end you're going to be thinking oh that's going to have a consequence isn't it what's the consequence going to be of that next mm. scene you show the consequence and you escalate it some more and have another consequence. So that's that's how you avoid the and then, I think. Yeah. One other book which is highly recommended, which I've only heard good things about, but I've not actually read, is John York, Into the Woods. Oh, it's very good. Um, I've read that, yeah. Yeah, we some, some folks have speak very highly of that. Uh, so that might be another thing to look for. But in a way, what we're already doing is sort of going, okay, so what's next? You know, we're trying to be... Uh, okay, and this is as much to ourselves as anybody else. Obviously, we didn't enter the competition, but we want to be looking forward and being positive. And actually, I think the other thing is, although there are more competitions coming, I think the other thing to bear in mind is just looking on what's what's on TV now. How did it get there? Well, lots of things have come about through um, other means than just a writer writing a script. They're already existing pieces of property. They've already been incarnated in some other form or another. Or you have a successful stand-up comedian who then gets to do a show about somebody who clears up scenes of crimes, you know, which is the Greg Davis uh, show. Um, or, you know, there's the new Witchcraft, uh, Witchfinder show with um, Daisy Cooper and uh, Tim Key. And they've sort of earned the right to do that show because they've done previous stuff. Um, so I had an email a while back about someone who was essentially saying, you know, I'm writing a script so that I can be in it. And, you know, what one wants to say with the best one in the world, you're not going to be in it. Uh, are they really going to cast you in the lead part? Well, they will if you are integral to the actual thing. 
So you might need to go out there and do a proof of concept. You might need to do a play at the Edinburgh Festival or do it as a show or a persona or a series of YouTube videos. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was established as an, as an actress before Fleabag. And she'd done, you know, she was clearly a very talented writer. But she, she, I don't think she would have been cast in Fleabag had she not written the play and, you know, produced it and put it on herself. Because she wasn't a big enough name to open a, a show um, at the time. But she created this brilliant package that was a play that was a sitcom. Because actually there's, there's an awful lot of things about sitcoms that are play-like. And so in a way, you, you, you are completely enmeshed in the work. So whether it's a you know like uh we spoke to fergus craig actually um uh, about his a show that's been on uh, bbc two martin fishback about how he created this character and he is the character in a way nobody else can be that character uh so our patrons are already getting access to that uh, or will be very soon uh and we've also got an interview by the way with ashley farrow uh co-creator of life on mars who tells the amazing story about how that came up uh, and then eventually gets to the story about what they did next, which was bone kickers. Um, and we always get to the horror show eventually. So we had a lot of fun with Ashley, who was very, very kind uh, to us with his time. So uh, if you want to get a hold of those, they're all on Patreon. I forgot where I started, Dave, but I'm sure you've got five things to say next. <laughs> yes, it was about it was about I want to be in the show. And you're thinking about, well, when you get to that situation, um, uh, Michaela Coel, for instance, was uh, uh, chewing gum was probably about four or five years from her kind of developing it as a show at the Guildhall in London where she was uh, studying. And it, so it kind of developed from that. Um, I actually think Phoebe Waller-Bridge wrote Fleabag for somebody else and who, ah. who then didn't do it. Or, or I think she right. was hoping to get a famous person to right. do it. And then in Edinburgh, she ended up doing it herself. I, I, I I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's the story. Um, yeah. But Life on Mars was was eight years um, mm. in the uh, in in various stages of development. So, mm. you know, that most uh, mostly not in development. In fact, yeah. it was in yes, it was developed and then not, and then left and ignored, and then and then you know pull, pulled out, pulled off the shelf. Mm. Um, and dusted down and re revamped and stuff so so be aware you know whatever it is that you are coming up with um don't don't um, and, and again this is something that that we all do we all mm. are we, we we know all the stories about the person who got their 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 first novel it becomes a mm. sort of million bestseller or it's x's first sitcom script or whatever and it's it's 99 times out of 100 it isn't their first it's the first one that they got published or the first yeah. one that, that that actually got taken of theirs so um you know you, the first one is usually the one that you use to teach you how to write the second one um mm. so that's kind of um Mm. Don't, don't don't invest all of your um you know all of your hopes in the, the single yeah. simple idea that is this is me this is my compelling idea you know you've mm. got to have more than one compelling idea if you want to have a, a career as a as a sitcom writer yeah definitely so um hopefully there's some positive thoughts there about looking forward let's i just want to take one look back at the competition again and I, and I guess some people will notice that our um, our, our long shortlist or whatever of 10 is is pretty male heavy. Um, and we were as surprised by that as anybody else. 
uh, the, the the two things to say about it was essentially um, we did not know who wrote any of the scripts. All names were removed. So we just literally put stuff through that we thought was good. Um, and actually, some of those scripts, if, if I'd had to have bet whether the writer was a male, was male or female, I would have said female. And I was wrong mm. on at least two occasions. Yeah. Um, that's not why I put it through or not through. I put it through because I thought it was funny and I didn't know. Um, so uh, so that was interesting. But actually, the panel, the, the ultimate panel that read all 10 and decided was four men and four women. Uh, so it's just kind of weird how and actually when we did this competition before admittedly with a smaller sample size uh for sitcom geeks actually i think our final shortlist was actually uh we had more women on it uh than men on it yeah so it's just weird how it's gone that way this time but but i just you know if people are curious about how oh it's you know it's the patriarchy or whatever it is it's like yeah it's a bit weird um and there were some scripts there that seemed uh that they could have been written by anyone and it turns out they're written by by men there were very few obviously written by a man show um and there are one or two that i thought well that's obviously been written by a woman (laughs) and i was wrong yeah uh so in a way i would say that's great that people are able to uh write in the voices of of other characters and other other people and that's in a way goes back to trying to find voices to write in so that you're not just writing your own story uh, because one idea is not enough, you know. You need to have two or three ideas uh, on the go. But anyway, that was a that was kind of a slightly unexpected result because we decided on our list, and we were then told uh, who, who the writers were, and we were like, "Oh, oh, okay." Yes, I think we were all we were all shocked on at least two of the mm. scripts. We thought yeah. that has definitely been written by a woman, um, mm. and I think yeah, what it does say is that um, I, I've, I'd like to think. You know, a tiny little way we have helped to kind of for, for writers to not just write about their own from their own absolute personal experience, but to but to be able to um, put themselves in the shoes of, of mm. other people. And yeah, I mean that's really um, it, it, it's. I think part of it was you know they were writing about women, and maybe that was partly the what what. What has happened in more recent years is, you know, we, we have started to listen more to women's mm. stories. So mm. so if there is more of a sense of that. But but there was not none of the kind of, uh, I mean, I'd say certainly about even as recently as five or six or seven years ago, um, I would read a script that was nearly all men and there'd be one woman and the woman would be, she'd be like the, the, the ball busting boss or the yeah. uh you know or the kind of tart with the heart of gold kind of character mm. and um so you know it's great that that, that hey you know you don't mm. you, you don't have to go with the stereotypes uh, these are women these are women who are flawed characters who are making yeah. mistakes and uh yeah. you know that that's um, yeah. great yeah beyond that i mean i i think the tea leaves are quite hard to read so we don't particularly want to draw uh too many uh lessons from that um but but from just the overall sweep of the scripts there as i you know my hobby horse at the moment as you know is uh first day at work there were so many uh first day at work uh scripts and i think some some weren't even that some were i'm applying for a job and some weren't even that they were i don't know what i want to do with my life and i would say that it's very hard to know when you're reading a sitcom what the sitcom is about 
when the protagonist doesn't know what they want. And it's not clear to me that the writer knows what that protagonist wants either. Um, so I think this, and so um, over on um, on my blog, I'm doing a very long series of blogs about first day at work, but also not just that, but how that is emblematic of a bigger problem, which is people keep starting at the beginning and there is no compelling reason to start at the beginning other than the fact that it is possibly human nature to start a scene at the beginning. So when somebody goes to visit somebody's house, the temptation is to start them at the bottom of the garden path and have them knock on the door and wait and then be let in and then take off their coat and then be offered tea and all these sorts of things. And unless that's funny or helpful, you don't need it. It's very tempting to start a meeting at the beginning. Um, and why? You don't you don't need it unless, of course, you know, the, the, the plot is the fact that the meeting never even starts because of some, you know, uh, diversionary reason or something like that or the sprinkler system goes off or um but the sprinkler system could go off in the middle of the meeting and that would still be funny and they'd be in the middle of talking about something um so i think yeah there's an awful lot of stuff where you just don't need that first page of that scene because you started at the beginning and also you don't need the first 10 pages of that script because you've started at the beginning and uh just just get on with it because although 30 blank pages seems a lot at the beginning it's not much once you get going and so it's really disappointing to read a script and get to page 14 and discover that the plot's just started and you think you've got 16 pages really and you look and it's 33 pages long and that's still not going to be enough to escalate and resolve the story so um i think yeah the the number the number of scripts that were that, that really got going by page three uh, was very, very, very low as a percentage, in my experience yeah. of reading, at least. Well, I do think it does come back to uh, what we've been saying, uh, which is preparing and do prepare mm. and, and do before before you write, you know, be mm. sure you know what's going to happen, and you want in that, that that we're not. It's not a. It's the the, the script isn't like a a, a sprint. Um, mm. they're, they're, uh, the, uh, that phrase it's not a sprint it's a marathon but actually mm. you know there are certain times in the script where you do have to sprint but you know you kind of um, you're, you do need a thing to happen in your opening scene you do yeah. need that and that needs to, to uh, have consequence that leads to the next thing and the next scene mm. you just it's like you know when you read a novel or something you know unless you have a taste for you know kind of deep literary novels mm. where nothing where nothing happens and you know there is a mm. there is a demand for for that kind of thing yeah but with with generally with sitcom you kind of want a story to happen and you want the character your main character to make things go wrong and then yeah. try and fix it and make make them go more wrong when they try and when mm. they try and fix that and um you know that's kind of that's kind of it really i mean i know it's 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 mm. it's not easy. It's easy to say that, and it's very yeah. very hard to do it. But but a lot we we cause ourselves a lot of we we make trouble mm. for ourselves by forgetting that that's what it's actually required. Yeah. And sitcom requires, I think, a level of pace. And if you really want to, what they would say in cricket, take the pace off the ball, that's completely fine. But I think you will need to demonstrate that in some way other than a script. So. Um, there are lots of people who um, uh, 
there are lots of people who like the detectorists. It's too slow for me. It's not it's not to my taste at all. But I, I have no problem with people who do like it. But I would imagine um, that anyway, that show exists because Mackenzie Crook was a big star in The Office, one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. And there's this sense to which he gets to do whatever he likes, um, especially on a BBC Four budget, uh, which is not which is a rounding error uh, for for most other media companies. And he produced this, you know, boutique little sitcom with, oh, that other guy, that Toby guy. Yeah, he's quite funny. Um, so it's sort of small and perfectly formed. Now, if your idea is like that, you could, you could, you could film that. You know, these days, a base level iPhone comes with a good enough camera that you could actually storyboard it, write it, go out, get some actors and do it for not that much money, especially if it is that slow, understated, low thing, or like The Smoking Room, a sitcom with Rob Webb in it quite a few years ago, um, with a lot, it's sort of a play really, isn't it? Where you've got characters coming and going. So if you want to do something different, in one sense, you would say, well, I shouldn't have to do that. Well, should you, shouldn't you? I don't know, don't care. But if you want to, if you want to, you know, shortcut the system at least and demonstrate that your idea really does work, then demonstrate it. Uh, and figure out a way of of, of shooting it uh, in some way or another or proving the concept in some way. Um, if it's a high concept science fiction thing, then maybe think about doing an audio version uh, of it and proving the fact that the characters and the ideas work uh, or, you know, or a fantasy thing or something that would be very hard for you to film on, on no budget. So I think if you want to break the rules, break the rules, that's cool. Um, but... Uh, but Paul Whitehouse gets to do that um, and Jennifer Saunders gets to do that. Um, but we don't. So um, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. And I just keep coming back to um, the uh, idea of preparing. Prepare, what, what you know, ahead of time. And too many characters that I read in the first 10 pages, they just... I didn't really... I didn't know what it was about them that was going to be... You know the, the the compelling thing. What are they going to do? Mm. How are they going to mess up? And mm. you know, you kind of we need we need to know that very very early on, and we yeah. need we need to see things happening with that person. We need to see them mm. uh, being proactive in making those things happen. Uh, too often, even if it if it wasn't a a first day at work, it was a kind of there was there was there would be a kind of thing at the beginning that had a bit of momentum like it would be a mockumentary um mm. that was my 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 one and i didn't i'm not saying that all mockumentaries are bad you know some of them you know there was a, there was some, some some of them were quite good um but it just kind of it it, it sort of meant that the um that the, there wasn't it was like oh this is the twist no it's not the twist this is this is mm. the starting point and too many people thought Here's the twist. We're watching people in a mockumentary, um, but actually, no, uh, that's you need. You need it's just to have the way more stories are told now. Yeah, I mean that's just, that's a format, isn't mm, it? That's yeah. not really a. Yeah. That's not a twist. Talking to camera, we had a few, and you know, a couple of um, talking to camera ones. I think uh, made it actually onto the shortlist, and mm. uh, you know, that's been uh, very, very much. It's 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 been around for, for years. Well, it was. Um, as, as we when we uh, interviewed Barry Cryer, and he said um, 
he said he told the story about saying to Eric Morecambe, "Oh, I really like the way that you." talk to camera like that and Eric Morecambe said well I learned that off Arthur Askey so you know it's been around since television has been around really and you know Richard III was doing it in Shakespeare so so it's not a new thing and Miranda and Fleabag whatever but you know the two that got through had something else as well uh, Mm, that that it wasn't just oh here's a person talking that's what's that's what makes this different there's lots of other things that could be said, but also we don't want to talk about specific scripts that you don't have the opportunity to read. So uh, there's not much point in doing that. What I can say is that if you join us uh, on Patreon, uh, there's loads more of this kind of thing. There's an extra episode uh, a month uh, that we record with with you uh, on a Zoom and you get to ask us anything you like uh, at all. So um, when it comes to girding your loins for the next round of competitions um, or whether you decide you're going to do an Edinburgh show or you can just find producers and send it to them. Um, you, you, you know, there's loads of ways of trying to change the rules of the game. Um, so we would urge you to do all of those. Go back over our previous podcasts as well and listen out uh, for some for some ideas. Um, and also that science of story book uh, that Dave mentioned, um, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And also into the woods, uh, I recommended. The other thing I've, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet is I, I've done one. One thing I have done is a thing called 14 problems with your sitcom script. And if you're looking for notes on your script um, for not very much money, if you get my 14 problems with your sitcom script, which comes with a free sort of 90 minute video and audio, um, this pretty much covers most of them. And your script will have probably made at least three or four of those mistakes. And, and, and mine would have probably done one or two at least. Uh, so I do recommend uh, getting hold uh, of that uh, as well. So if you um, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, then there'll be some links to that too. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, as well. And we just want to give a shout out to the British Comedy Guide guys. They've got their own uh, competition coming up in May, but they've done a heck of a lot of heavy lifting uh, on this competition. Um, and they were the ones that made sure that we were able to read anonymously. And then they were able to tell us what the names were at the end and uh, managed all the scripts and made sure it all ran smoothly, and it really did run smoothly. So we're we're really grateful. Uh, and also, also a big uh, big thanks to Hat Trick because they yeah. um, it, it kind of restored my faith a little bit in in uh, TV land because there's a mm. you know they got a they got a, a crew there of people who mm. are just you know they are absolutely uh, determined to get the best comedy mm. scripts, and they you know there were quite a few. You know, it's quite passionate arguments there, and there's obviously yeah. a lot of, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of um, love for the form, and I think mm. as long as as long as that sort of thing's still going on, and Hattrick still yeah. have that faith in narrative comedy, and uh, you know, one of the leading TV companies in the country, yeah. then then you know there is still there is still hope for the narrative sitcom. So thank you, Hattrick. Yeah, there is still hope because people like watching television and they like laughing, <laughs> so. When it comes to actually what we're trying to produce, we are not wasting our time. Um, it's just a question of finding how you fit into all this, how you can do it better, and building your skills over a career rather than uh, just trying to get lucky with a script. But a bit of luck with a lucky script, you know, it doesn't do you any harm. There's an element of being in the right place at the right time, having the right idea at the right time. But the more experience you get, the more ideas you have, the longer you stick at it, weirdly, the luckier you become. Uh, so that's not um, 
you know, that's true across across all disciplines and art forms and, and sport and everything as well. Um, so great. Thanks very much, Dave. Thank you, James. And thank you, everybody, for your scripts. Yeah. Speak to you next time. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.